0: Praise the, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He has risen from the grave. Amen. Hallelujah. As we turn to the gospel according to John, we will look at how this gospel records the resurrection of our Lord and our Savior. And as we look at this account, I'm going to deal with the theme, Understanding the Power of His Resurrection. So as we are turning to the gospel according to John, looking at the 20th chapter, I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. I'm going to read in our hearing verses 1 through 10. But we will look at verses 1 through 18 dealing with Jesus' resurrection. As we are turning there, may we pause for a word of prayer? Father, Lord, we just turn to you right now to hear a word from you that we understand the power of your resurrection and that we will live a life showing how we know you and know Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior. And know that he has truly rose from the grave, and he reigns in our lives, as he will reign forevermore. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. As we are turning there, if you're not there, say, hold on. Or if you're there, say, "I'm I'm there. Amen. May we read God's word, hopefully arrive to the same conclusion together. Please try your best to keep your Bible open so you can see that I am not telling you a lie. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went towards the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying in there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went to their homes. Amen. You may be seated. Thank God for the blessing of his word. If you can help me announce this to your neighbor, talk and tell him the power, power. Of, his of his resurrection. I want to, us to look at this is, uh, and see the power of his resurrection. Paul put it that he said he wants to know Jesus and the power of his resurrection. Paul put it another way too. says, do you not know the same power that rose Christ from the dead is also in you. Let me put a pin here for him, maybe make a disclaimer. If you do not know Jesus, then you don't know this power. Amen. But if you do know Jesus, then you have a right, you have accessibility to that same power, the power of his resurrection. I said early on the first day of the week. What happened is we need to go back and look. They killed him on that Friday. They said he hung there from noon to 3 p.m. and they tried him early in that morning. It says in the text, on the next day, early that morning at dawn, they were already whooping him, beating him, and trying him, just trying to convict him of a crime he has not con- been uh, he has not uh, committed. And so therefore they lied, had a kangaroo court. Nothing could stick so much so they even police as well. What's your charge? But they had nothing. And they forced his hand, playing the politics game. If you're a friend of him, you're not a friend of Caesar. Uh Uh-oh. If I'm not a friend of Caesar, I'll lose my job. So he hung him, gave him the sentence, says, Here is the king of the Jews. And they crucified him, buried him in a borrowed man's tomb. But yet he rose again on the third day. And it was the Sabbath, it was the day of the preparation, that they did not want to go on that, on that day because he went because when the sun goes down, that begins the new day. And so when the sun, the S-O-N, came down from the cross, the sun was going down. And they could not prepare his body, so they had to rest on the seventh day, the Sabbath. And then early that morning, see now as the sun's going up, begins a new day. She rushes out to go see the tomb, but lo and behold, the tomb is empty. Now, catch this closely here. She's she's so distressed that she goes get some help. Is that somebody else? That, That when you don't understand something, you try to get somebody else that might know what's going on. You try to call them for help. We know we look for those numbers and say there's something wrong with my bill. There's something wrong with my account. There's something wrong at my school. Something wrong at my job. I know who to call to get some help. But who she got was still no help at all. They heard the situation. They heard how distressing it was. So look what they did. They ran. Oh, oh, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that they loved their Jesus that much that they ran? Some of us need to put this down. That if somebody tells you about Jesus, you need to run. Be in a hurry to get there, and you see how one of them was a little bit faster than the other. So that he outran him, the one whom Jesus loved. We know this is the author or writer as John. And something's funny here that you can look at it. John never talked about how much he loved Jesus, but he points out how he's the one that Jesus loved. Because if you look at it closely, our love to Jesus is nothing to boast about. But the love He has for us is something to brag about. That's why we get excited. I love you, Jesus. I love you more than anything. Just want to tell you, Lord, I love you more than anything. I'm in love in Jesus. And He's in love with me, or Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Oh, oh, how I love Jesus. It's amazing how we can look at it because because he loves us, it kind of wells up in us and makes us realize how great his love is. And so the one who loved him outran Peter, ran to the tomb, and, and with my mind and imagination, he ran so hard he was out of breath. And you know when you get out of breath, people will put their hands on their knees, and so since he was so out of breath, he couldn't go inside the tomb, so he just stooped down and said, nope, nothing there. <laughs> and Peter goes in, and he observes a scene. He shows that if somebody's, because Cassus, Cassus, if somebody stole his body, they would not take the time to unwrap him. So they see wrappings on one side, and they see his head cloth that was on him rolled up or folded up on the other side. It's to suggest that Jesus is not there that robbers did not take him because they would have kept him wrapped up because he'd been falling all over. It would be, be more easy to take a wrapped up body. And so it also points out too that what? The stone was rolled away. So history suggests that the stone was like a coin that it would roll across the, the opening of the cave and it can roll back and lie. But yet it was already rolled back. But it was not rolled back because for Jesus to get out. It was just to do that so people can look in and see that there's no one there because if you look closely into gospel's accord it says that later on he appeared in a locked room he didn't say abracadabra he just showed up and then he disappeared we see that his resurrected body was a new body. How do we know it was a new body? Well, first and foremost, look closely here. They're shocked that they don't see this body, a fleshly body, laying in the tomb. Peter and John leave upset. Hope is gone. Have you, have you ever had that situation that you were looking for someone, but you did not find them? And you feel distraught. You might have been waiting for them, or you was waiting for good news. You got bad news. Doesn't that kind of break your heart? Their hope is gone. Now, Peter and John spend all this time with Jesus. Remember, they just could not stay up just a little while in the garden. And now they're like, man, we got a chance to go see and Now he's gone. Peter had an opportunity. No, I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. I'm going to curse this time. And now the crow crows. Now I'm crying. Oh, man, I messed up again. These are his brothers that saw him raise the daughter from, from life. These are the ones that saw the transfiguration, but now they see an empty tomb. Hope is gone. But you look closely, it says, for they did not, what, understand. And so they did not understand. They leave, just, just uh, desponded. But Mary stays back. Y'all see that there, right? And she stays back, and she sees something new now. She sees two angels. And, and, and you look what the angel say to her, why are you weeping? They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she did not what? Know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Mm. whom are you looking for suppose him to be a gardener. she said to him sir if you have carried him away tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away and Jesus said to her Mary she returned and said to him he, in the Hebrew which means teacher or my teacher Jesus said to her do not hold me because I have not yet ascended to the father but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary and went on, went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he said these things to her. Look what's happening here. Hope is lost. They're all distraught. Their Savior is gone. But then we hear a word from our sponsor. What I'm trying to point out that many times in our lives, things will get rough. Things will get tough. But just when you need some hope, hope will be present. Look closely here. They could have left, gone. They went back to their houses. They went back to their places. They could have left. Mary was distraught, standing there just weeping and wailing. Their angels asked, her, well, why are you crying? How does so-and-so, oh, Mary... Don't you weep? And then Jesus asked her, oh, Mary, why are you weeping? She says, my Savior is gone. But Jesus goes on and says her name, and she heard and recognized the voice, and she cries out, "Rabbi, my teacher, showing her affection toward him, so much that she she prostrates and clings to him and and is so excited to see that he's alive, but he's letting her know, you can't hold on to me. I got some work for you to do. I need to go tell somebody else that I'm alive. Y'all catch that? If you know the truth, you're you not just hold it on for yourself. But you need to go tell somebody else that he's alive. Because there's some people out there that are looking at some empty situations. Come on, somebody. They thought they had something. They found out it's not what they expected. They're looking for somebody, but somebody not show up. They're looking for anybody, not for something to come their way. But you can let them know, I know somebody who sticks closer than a brother. Tell them, I I know someone who's a present help in the time of trouble. I, I know someone that while you're in the midst of the storm, he can say, peace, be still. You see, when you know Jesus, you know there's some awesome power to be grasped. One thing I like about this text, and it talks about Jesus, says, I am ascending to my father and your father. My God and your God. What is that doing there? He's going down, letting us know that we can now call God our Our Father, we are no longer servants or slaves, but now we're brethren. We see it. We see it a couple of places here in Mark fourteen thirty six. He was saying, "Abba, Father, all things are possible." For you, we see it in Romans eight fifteen 15 says you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption. The sons by which cry out, Abba, Father, in Romans, in Galatians says, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying Abba, Father, in order for you to cry out, Father, you first got to know the son. And when you know the Son, and the Son knows you, the Son says, i got to go away. Hello. i got to go up to be with my Father so I can send down the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you have the power of the Holy Spirit, you have the spirit of adoption where you can bow down on your knees and you can just simply say, Father. I stretch. And you can look up to him knowing he hears your despair cry. That when you can't say anything else, you can just say, Father, have mercy. It's amazing to have a connection. Because why? He defeated death. He says, I have to ascend to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. Isn't it amazing how Jesus does not want to be selfish, but he wants to share the blessing? That comes from the kingdom of God. See, the power of the resurrection does this for us. It gives us hope in the midst of despair. If, you under, if they did not understand, they had despair. But when you understand hope, when somebody comes buried in front of the church, and if they know Jesus Christ, you don't weep and wail. As if they're lost. As Mary, she's lost. You don't know what happened. He's gone. What's happening? But you could say, I know that my Redeemer lives. And since my Redeemer lives, I know there's a power of the resurrection. Power of the resurrection suggests to us, too, that in the midst of whatever we're going through, we know we can't live. Because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He says, I've come to give us life, and life what? More abundantly. But look what the enemy does. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. We have so much death all around us because that's the enemy's job. He's trying to kill and destroy. He, t- he tries to kill you physically as well as spiritually. How does he try to do that? He tries to destroy our relationships. He tries to destroy our friendships. He tries to mess with things that we place before God and tries to take those away. So that's why you got to be careful how much you love your job you Love your money, you love your car. Let, let that stuff be torn up and blown up. Will you still call on God? Because when you know the power of his resurrection, you could be just like Job, though he's slain. Yet I will trust him. Job's the one who said, I know my Redeemer lives. He had an understanding that no, I go through all these circumstances, through all these pains. I know there's going to be an opportunity to see him face to face. The power of his resurrection suggests to us too that our life is more than what's on this earth. Your wealth is not what you contain. We got a great hold of it that my wealth is not but what I can contain. Because if that's what your life was made up to, then you can have your best life now, then what would heaven be like? Let's let that marinate for a minute. People are going to try to have the best life now. But you can't have your best life now. We get caught up trying to live in this capitalistic society, and we, and we love capitalism because we can profit and all that good stuff. That's great. That's fine. But our God's kingdom won't be like that. There will be no poor. There will be no sick. Jesus says, in my father's house, there are rooms with many, many. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. See, the power of his resurrection means this, that I know I got a place where, over in glory. Grasping this power of the resurrection knows that he's coming back again. Jesus told them, I have to ascend, which means to ascend means he has to go up to be with the Father. And when he does that, he presents himself before the Lord as us, as that perfect sacrifice. And we look here closely at the text. There's a couple of things we can find out here. Paul says, We don't know what we may be, but we do know we will be changed. Jesus was not recognized at first. Catch that. Who knows why? Some says that some, in one Luke it. One Lucas says he blinded their eyes, the other one it didn't say Mary's eyes were blind. She just didn't recognize. It. But yet, when he goes to the, to, the, to the ten of them, one is Mr. Thomas, uh, he says, Thomas says, well, you saw Jesus. Well, I didn't see him. I won't believe unless I see his hands. I see his feet. I see how they stabbed him in the side. And when Jesus showed up before Thomas, Thomas says, now I believe. And Jesus told Thomas, you believe because you have seen, but blessed is he. Who believes without seeing. Him. I know my savior lives because I don't have to see him to know that he lives, but I can believe the report. Come on somebody. There's people out there whose hope is gone because they don't see the report, nor do they hear the report. They hear more bad news than there is good news. But we need to tell them our Savior lives and go out to these streets where people are shooting, killing each other, robbing and stealing, and let them know that there's a God that loves you. Love goes a long way. There's a lot of people that don't even hear those words. Hearing that somebody loves them. That's why we try so hard to be the greatest loving church in the world. One way is that we have to practice it. That's why we encourage it to go around and say, Jesus loves you, and so do I. And we have to preface it because if, if you don't love Jesus, it's kind of hard who you, to love who you're talking to. And that's why we have to make sure we, have, we put ourselves in right because love is not an emotion. Love is an action done out of obedience because who God is. Because if love was based on emotion, come on somebody, we know there's many a days we didn't feel like it. But because the love was not based on how you felt, but based on how you want to show that person your esteem, your affection, in spite of your feelings. Because if it went by feelings, why would Jesus die for Judas? A thief, the one who betrayed him. But no, he died on the cross for him. Why, why would he die for a lie or for a murder? Because he has said, I love you in spite of yourself. How the song says, he looked past our faults and saw our needs. See, the power of the resurrection and lets us know that I no longer have to live as I am dead. Because sin equals death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. We need to cast and see the power of his resurrection, and realize that I am no longer living in death. I'm no longer living in sin, but I'm living in his spirit. And when you're living in the spirit of Jesus, it's amazing how your perceptive your, your perception changes. You no longer want to curse somebody out, but you say, hey, You know what? I want to pray with you and for you. You no longer try to put yourself first, but you say, How can I? serve you you're no longer walking with your head bowed down to saying woe is me but you can lift up and say i know my savior lives and because he lives i can face tomorrow and we can face tomorrow because we know who holds tomorrow in his hands and catch this if he knows about tomorrow he knows about you He created you and formed you while you was still in your mother's womb. He knew your name. And before you was even there, he knew you before the foundations of the earth. How is that? Because God is real. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the author and the finisher of our faith, which points out this, that if he knows you're laying down and you're rising up, how much more is he concerned about your eternal life? The power of his resurrection. He says, I am sending to my father and to your father, to my God and your God. And Mary Madeline went and announced the disciples. And she he told her, go tell your brethren. We need to look to the left, to our right, and say, am I talking to my brethren? Am I talking to my sisters? Am I sharing in the love of God? The power of his resurrection will help. Remove the pain of death. Tell your neighbor, death will be defeated. The last enemy defeated is death, thrown into the eternal abyss. And then we will forever, who know the Lord and love him, will forever be with him. And he will be our father and he will be our God. And he said we will be his People, knowing the power of his resurrection knows that though i may be poor though i may be broken though my body may be failing me i know that i'm going to get a new body Amen. i know i'm going to have no more pain and no more suffering see it's hard to live in this life I I, I I i want us to grab it's hard to live this life thinking about how we want to gratify ourselves now because this does not matter Jesus said, I came to serve and not be served. I wanted to grab the power of his resurrection. It's not for us just to shout right here in these four walls, but for us to walk it out. When we go to our jobs, when we go back home, when we go on vacation, when we go in our neighborhoods, that we let somebody know that my Lord is real, and he's real within me, and he showed me how I need to tell you that he lives. Who do you know that needs to hear this message? You need to go ahead and tell them he loves you. I'm going to close with this. Think about those who have death ever before them. You know for a fact that some of them you don't know won't live for tomorrow. You know for a fact some of them are just up to no good, and you and you just by God's grace happy every time you see them that they have not been shot. They have not been locked up have not been caught in the wrong crowd. But we need to grasp and let them tell this person, says, my God wants you to have life and have life more abundantly. He wants you to be dead to your sins and alive in him. He wants you to know the power of his resurrection and know that with man is impossible, but with God all things are possible he wants you to know that he knows the plans for your life a plans of hope not a plans of despair he wants you to know that he has made you from the foundations other and called out your name for a specific purpose in spite of what somebody else told you that you was an accident you are a mistake that is not true because God does not make mistakes that's why you're standing here right now and he wants you to know that there's life to be had that there's a power inside of you if you call on the name of Jesus and you can have healing. You can have power. You can run and not grow weary. You can walk and not grow faint. You can have wings like an eagle so you can fly above the storm. You will have the fortitude and the strength to stand when the enemy comes against you that you can stand and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You can say all that because you realize it's not because of your power but who rose from the grave with all power power in his hands. You you know, they put him down with nail marks in his hands, but he got up with all powers in his hands. They put nails in his feet, but now he has all authority and everybody's under his feet. We can say, I know my Savior lives. And that's what we need to proclaim in this city. And let them know that your life can change today. Because our God is that powerful. If he can make the lame to walk, the blind to see, sure enough can save you. For that's why he came. Cassius, Cassius, Cassius. He did not come just for the blind to see. And for the lame to walk. But he came to set you free. Mm. Somebody else should have got excited about that. He came to set you free. To let go of all that guilt, of all that shame, of all that brokenness. And just cry out, Lord, forgive me. And receive his mercy and his awesome, wonderful grace. And let him show you his plans for your life. So you can walk in obedience to him. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. God, we simply come. I want to know the power of your resurrection, to know how we can live, Lord, truly in your spirit and not live dead in our sins. But since Christ has risen from the grave to defeat death, Father, Lord, no longer do we walk around defeated, but we walk with power. We walk with victory in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But Lord, if there's someone here who do not know you for the pardon of their sins, if they have not confessed with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is, Lord, Lord, we pray today that they will confess right now. Repent right now. We thank you that you are able and mighty to save. And right where they're sitting right now, God, you speak to their hearts right now and you just tell them you love them. Tell them you care for them. Tell them that you forgive them for all their sins they confess to you. And tell them that they can walk now and not be ashamed and live a life that's pleasing unto you. Oh, God, minister them right now, Almighty God. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. No one's looking above me. If you do not know Jesus, you have not confessed him as your Lord, just raise your hand. just want to pray with you. No one's looking above me. If that's you, just raise your hand. Raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you. You may put your hand out. We just want to lead you in this prayer. God knows your heart. God knows your heart. You don't have to repeat at me if you don't believe it. I'm just going to say it. and just want you to hear it. Hear it. This, Dear Lord Jesus, I do believe you died to save me. And you rose from the grave on the third day. And Lord, I invite you to come into my heart and be my personal Lord. And Savior, to set me free from my bondage of sin, but to walk in your liberty. Because, Lord, I do believe that you have set me free, and I am free at last. Thank you, Lord, for your salvation. Amen. May we stand as in the hand of discipleship.